Welcome back to another episode of Sacred City Vision Drip. I hope you've been enjoying this little session here where I sit down and share some of my thoughts kind of off the top of my head here about discipleship. And uh, we've covered a lot um, over the last several weeks. And what today will be is basically piggybacking up on the the last episode where we're talking about discipleship as change, that if you are a disciple of Jesus, you need to expect and to give yourself to the changing where, where God, as we behold our Lord, we are transformed from one degree of glory to the next. And so we've talked about change on a sort of a generic, um, from a generic perspective of the fact that we, we will be changed in discipleship. But now I want to kind of dig into what exactly changes about us. What are the things that that in our heart, in our mind, um, our, our activity, our behavior, what are these things that change? And this this takes us right into a conversation of our identities and rhythms. We talk about this often at Sacred City. We've got missional community curriculum. It comes up in nearly every sermon I preach. I'm thinking about the identities that we have received in the gospel and how that affects the way that we live, the, li- the rhythms that we have. Uh, and so this brings us to what's going to change about us. And and we break this down into four identities that when you become a Christian, when when you believe the gospel, there's a foundational shift that changes. It's it's so, so foundational. We talk about it as an identity. It's at the core of who you are. It's who you truly are in your heart of hearts and, and at the core of yourself. And one of the things that we're told through scripture is that before we have that change, we, we already had an identity, an identity that was not necessarily, um, is not flattering. That's for sure. Um, and, and what happens here is that we get an overhaul of our identity. And the first one that I want to point out is our identity as family. This is our, our, one of the, the most foundational understandings that we must have as gospel people that we are transferred, our identity changes from being at one time children of wrath, sons of disobedience, those who are under the influence of uh, what's called our father, the devil, or as Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, he calls them your father, the devil. We were under his influence. We were following his ways. And God sent his son, his one and only son, his true and beloved son to come into the world um, to, to lay his life down for our sins so that we might be adopted into God's family. Throughout Old Testament scriptures, we see that God has always desired to have a family, always desired to have a people. In fact, when you see Abraham and, and the call that God places upon his life, Abraham was a pagan guy. Abraham had no, there was nothing about Abraham that says, yep, he's a, he's a good candidate for God to choose and to set his blessing upon. And nevertheless, God chose a pagan named Abram and then later worked in his life and changed his life and granted him faith and, and obedience to follow God and to trust trust in him. And God promised that he would make him great, make him a great people and that his family through his family, the whole nations would be blessed. And so we see that God has always desired to have a people on earth that represents him, that belongs to him, that would live in such a way that the world knows who and what their father in heaven is like. And so Jesus has come to us to reveal 
the Father. He has come. In fact, we see all that in our uh, as we've been studying the Gospel of John. He says, "I only do the things the Father does. I, I'm revealing to you the Father. I'm, I'm showing you. I'm saying the things that the Father says, so that you would know what He is like. And as we uh, are given the gift of faith, as we come to believe in Jesus, we then are grafted into God's family, uh, going from once being orphans of wrath to now sons and daughters of the Most High." And one of the ways that we uh, express this reality is by the way that we talk to God. And Jesus says uh, in in, uh, his Sermon on the Mount, when he's teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, when you pray, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven. And he points us to this identity that we both corporately and personally belong to God. He is our heavenly father. And the reason that we get to call God father is because Jesus was pushed out so that we could be brought in. Jesus absorbed the wrath. Jesus took our punishment upon himself that we could be brought in and experience the warmth and the kindness of our heavenly father. And so it's through the work of Jesus that we are made children of God. And so that has this the implications of how we relate to God, yes, and also how we relate to one another. So a disciple um, not only understands their identity as a son or as family, um, son or daughter of, of God, of the Heavenly Father, and relates to him on that basis, um, not on the basis of their own works, but on the works of Christ. And then that also affects the way horizontally, so vertically with God, and then horizontally with the rest of God's people, um, where we're even told that Jesus is, is our older brother, where we have brothers and sisters. You see how in the epistles, oftentimes um, the apostle Paul or Peter, whoever it is writing, he addresses them as brothers and sisters. He's cementing this identity that we have as the family of God. And so as the family of God, this spills into uh, our, our, our rhythms here. What, what are the things that family does? One of the most common things that family does is, is we spend time together, right? And specifically, we spend together time together around the table. We're going to eat together. And then, and then um, we live out these identities as family. We eat together. We celebrate. We, we listen. We share life with one another. We want to play together. All of these things bless one another. These are the rhythms that flow out. And so we, we ask the question, ask family, if we're supposed to live as God's family, if we are, the identity is God's family and our, our identity is to inform our what we do, then what does it look like to live as family, both in a physical sense and in a spiritual sense as we care for the needs of one another? And and one of the ways that we live out of this identity is in the context of missional community, or you can call it missional family. Um, it's, it's a place where we are getting together, we're eating together, we're discipling one another, we're nurturing one another, being holding each other accountable and, and living life together, shoulder to shoulder, um, as we walk toward Christ together and follow his ways. And so family, um, this is one of the ways that we are changed. Our identities change from being orphans of wrath into the family of God. The second identity that we talk about is that of a missionary, that before we were saved, we were bent on our own glory. We, we had an obsession with our own agenda, wanting our own way, doing our own master plan and trying to make that thing come to fruition. And uh, because our ways are not God's ways, because our ways are so much lower and we are limited with uh, in our wisdom and uh, just general ability, we are not capable of 
being the kind of gods we want to turn ourselves into. And so one of the things that we say is, is we're transformed. Our, our focus, our view, our mission objective in life changes from being self-centered to being God-oriented. And the way that this gets expressed is by living as missionaries, people who are in the culture but are not of the culture, who are seeking and saving the lost. Now, we can't save them, but seeking out the lost so that they could come to know Jesus and be saved by what Jesus has done. And so we live within the culture, just as Jesus did, who who worked and he ate and he interacted with people. He lived in a way that, that didn't completely despise people and the culture and their surroundings, but embraced what was good and was critical of what was bad and needed reforming so that the people and the places and the things could be restored to a right relationship with God. And so as Jesus, as God sent his son into the world and the son sent the spirit, now the spirit sends the church to live as missionaries who are here in this place, wherever they're positioned, to work for the restoring of all things through the work of Jesus Christ. It means that we have a new objective. We have a new mission. Our our aim is God's aim, not our small little version of, of what our kingdoms could be. We are seeking first the kingdom of God. And so we live as missionaries, hoping that more people would come to know Jesus and they too would become disciples. Now, one of the ways that we live out of this missionary identity, and also this takes place in our family identity, is to live as servants who who live to serve. And this is not just a um, a checklist thing where you, you do a couple things here and there, but it's really a way of life. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so, and, and as Jesus did this, we see there was joy in the things that he did. In fact, even in, in the matters of washing his disciples feet and, and, and healing people, and even, uh, all the way up to the cross, it says that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And so this act of servanthood, um, where being, where Jesus was fully God and fully man, he took a posture of a servant that he gave his life, um, all of it from not just in, in his death, but all of his life, um, so that other people could experience salvation. So other people could be blessed by him, by his works and experience the peace and restoration that God desires to give us. And so if we are to imitate Jesus and he is the one that we are being transformed into, we're changing to be more like him. One of the things that's going to change about us is that we are living in places to serve, not to be served. We are existing in spaces, not sitting around waiting for somebody else to take care of us, but we are the ones who get down on our knees, who, who grab uh, the water basin and wash the feet of others, who take the posture of a servant. And it's those who, who put themselves last will become first in the kingdom of heaven. That's how God's kingdom works. And so the, the servant identity that takes place in us um, is, is nothing short of, of the power and the grace of God. Because if you revert to the flesh, you want to be served. You want your mission um, to be the thing that's advanced. But here we see ourselves as subjects of God, that we're willing to serve his purpose, his mission, and bless those who are around us. And hopefully they will see the kindness and benevolence of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and also find great profit in his in his works and servanthood on our behalf. And so that is the third identity that we talk about. As servants, um, we are changed not to serve self, but to serve God and others. 
And then last identity that we talk about as we are being changed through the gospel is the identity of learners. And this is something that encapsulates a whole lot because you've got to learn how to be family. You've got to learn how to be a missionary. You have got to learn how to be a servant. It's a process um, that Christ blazes the path for us. He shows us the way. But there, there again, there's that battle between the flesh and between the spirit that is at place. And, and we need to learn how to walk in the spirit. And so part of this is, one, taking responsibility for our own discipleship, that we as learners or as disciples of Jesus know that it's our own responsibility to develop, to discipline ourselves, to to train ourselves in godliness, as the scripture tells us to do, through the spiritual disciplines, through meeting together regularly for worship and community and serving and mission work and all of these things that we do together, that we take our, our responsibility for ourselves, but not only for ourselves, but as learners we take the responsibility for other people's development, their learning as well. And so this is where we get into into the language of both being a disciple and discipling other people. We're learning and teaching those who are around us. We're learning from those around us and we're teaching those around us how to walk with Jesus. And in order to do that, you, you have to know what it is Jesus is teaching us to do or who Jesus is calling us to be, how to live, uh, live according to the calling in which we've been called. So we are learning to do this. Now we saw Jesus model this for us. Even though he was God, fully God, fully man, Jesus came and we're told that he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. Um, so he had this identity as a learner. He was growing. He was learning. Now, of course, he, he could have accessed his God brain. And, and in the God brain, he's able to understand all things, all wisdom, all knowledge, all, all understanding is his. But in his human side, he gave himself to the process of learning. And so he spent time regularly listening to God. Um, he spent time listening to the, the teaching of the Torah. He spent time um, teaching others and, and, and instructing them in the ways of God and calling them to obedience, not just to know, but to live out of what they know, to have an obedience of faith that produces a bountiful harvest. And then he sent these disciples out to make more disciples. And now, you, you know, you think about it, we're 2,000 rem- years removed from when Jesus walked the face of the earth, and there are more disciples um today than there were then because Jesus had started this learning movement, this, this movement of learning that has, has gone throughout the centuries through the generations. And we as Christians are called to, to put our hand to the plow in the same kind of work of, of learning, of discipling, of discipling other people. And, and this includes, you know, our, our families, um, discipling our families, teaching them the way of the Lord, the, the padea of the Lord, um, teaching them in Deuteronomy 6 to understand the commandments, to, to cherish them, to know the ways of the Lord, as the psalmist says, that we got to document them and pass them on from generation to generation. Um, so in the home and in the church, and as we go out as missionaries, we're going out, we're training other people, we're teaching other people, we're pursuing other people that they would learn about Jesus, that they would walk in his ways, and that they would join us in community and on mission. And so here you have these four big identities of who we are, of, of discipleship is growing in our understanding of who we truly are in Christ and the uh, the rhythms that flow out of that, How what it looks like to eat like missionaries, right? So so if you're eating like family, you're eating with people who are part of your church family or your biological family, but as missionaries, we can eat with non-believers, people who don't yet 
know Jesus and use those as opportunities to evangelize, to share the gospel, to to get to know them and build relationship with them. Um, we, we can talk about celebration, the same thing. Um, everybody celebrates. We're celebrating all the time. So our identities give this framework of we're doing these already in life. Now, how do we do things like celebrating as family? How do we do? How do we celebrate as missionaries, as servants? How do we do these things that will will help us lean into our true identity and also contribute to the advancement of God's mission of making disciples um, throughout all of the nations? And so again, it comes back to these. When we're being changed, we're changing. It all comes back down to these identities. In fact, I would say that that um, a lot of times sin is based on our our misunderstanding of who we truly are in Christ. And so we need to know who are you? Who has God made us to be? And how do we then live because of these things? Uh, and so there, there's great scriptures, there's great books that'll help you. In fact, um, th- there's a book, an, an older book that I, I read years ago called Disciple by Bill Clem that that gives a, a flyover of the fact that discipleship is is about identity. Discipleship is understanding who you truly are in Christ and putting off the old self, putting off those false identities, um, saying no to them, seeing how they, they're not fruitful, they, they only compound the misery and brokenness. But when we live in the true identity that we've received in Christ, not only will we find satisfaction, that we bless other people through that. And so here is what we're being changed to, family, missionaries, servants, and learners. And so I I hope this week, as you go out on your way, that you are growing in these areas, that you are more connected, you're pursuing your missional community. Now, uh, hopefully you're being pursued by people of your missional community, but if you aren't feeling like you're pursued, that means you're the one who needs to initiate, you're the one who needs to start pursuing your family members, if you feel like uh, maybe maybe you're stagnant on mission, that, that you just, if you think about the people that God's placed in your life who don't, don't yet know him, um, and you can't really think of any names of people or people that you're talking to on a regular basis, you got to pray like a missionary. Ask God to bring somebody into your life. But I would say most of the time, there's already that person there. You're just not thinking like a missionary. You're not living like a missionary. And so we're asking God to grow us as disciples, that we would become better missionaries and servants in the same way, that there's all kinds of opportunities to serve your missional community family, to serve your family, to serve those who you're on mission to, and even the city at large through through things like building businesses that glorify God and, and conduct business in an ethical and godly and just manner. Th- those are ways that we can serve not only our, our tight community, but the, the community at large. And then, of course, learning, growing in our understanding of who God is. God delights in revealing himself to us. God desires that we would know him. And Paul prays that we would be filled with the spiritual knowledge. And so that we want to keep living, not keep living a life of learning, not just so our brains swell up, but that actually changes our desires and the way that we live. And so that we can be disciples of Jesus Christ in these four identities, living out of these things to his glory. And again, for the joy of all people. So that is who we are becoming. As we say, Jesus is changing us. He's changing us into family, missionary, servants, and learners. If you're not yet part of a church family, if you somehow, I don't know how you'd stumble across this podcast, and you're not growing, um, you're, not, you're not being discipled, you're not growing in these aspects of family, missionary, servants, or learners, I want to invite you to come join us at Sacred City Church. We don't have this perfectly nailed down, but we are imperfect people that are, are setting out to follow a perfect Savior who is teaching us His ways. 
And so I want to invite you to us and, and to join us. And so one of the great ways you can do that is either jo- jumping into a missional community where people are, are living like family and missionaries and servants and learners, or start out by joining us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. here at Sacred City Moline. I hope to see you there. Take care. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>